Uno, uno, dos. Two for the Road, Movies with Matt and Adam. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. We're a weekly movie pairing podcast. Every week, we'll pick a theme, recommend a movie to the other guy that he has not seen based on that theme, watch and discuss. And we have about a 25-year age gap between us. So a lot of uh, a lot of possibilities for things to watch. Yeah. We just scratched the surface. <laughs> right. And also, anyone listening, if you want to hit the show and recommend a couple for us, that would be uh, good, too, because sometimes we scramble to think yeah. of something even though we there's so many so much out there uh i'm sorry i'm sweating all over your that's table okay it's really hot that's okay we will uh power through so uh this week our theme was like what like relationships are complicated yeah something like like couple co- co- complicated couples i think maybe yeah that's love, what it, yeah love hurts yeah something like that so yeah a couple of movies this week that you only want to watch not date movies right these right. are not first date movies mm-hmm. these are like i don't know if they're even like first year of marriage movies like you got to be rock solid in your relationship <laughs> one, one of these movies made me feel so lonely the first one or the second one second one. Oh, okay interesting <laughs> yeah both are pretty dark mm-hmm. in the way that they uh depict love um, yes Togetherness, mm-hmm. companionship. Yep. And they're uh, very wordy. Not a lot going on except talking. I think uh, it's kind of an adult picture. You just, you know, there's no violence. There's no really much of anything except a bunch of people talking. A little bit of sex, but nothing. Yeah, not really. Not really. They, just, they, they mention it. They, yeah, yeah, they, they mention it quite a bit. The yada yada <laughs> the sex pretty often. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. These are both movies that are so of their time. Like, mm-hmm. they would... They almost gonna kind of seem like the same era. I, th- I think Closer was 2004. Yep. I have no idea how this movie even got made in 2004. I think even a few years later, it wouldn't get made. Just because it's... Like you said, it's, it's four people talking. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that's what it is. It would, yeah, today, it would disappear. It, it would be a Netflix original or something. Right, right. Or maybe not even Netflix. Maybe, like, Hulu or Apple or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't even make it to uh, the screen, but I mean, well, we'll get to closer later. Yeah. But it did quite well. And yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm. And the first one is uh, also kind of the same situation, right? It's just four people talking in different rooms. Sex, lies, and videotape. I don't even wait, even mentioned. <laughs> yeah. So you want to get into uh, sex, lies, and videotape? Yeah. Soderbergh's first film, right? mm-hmm. directorial debut, Yes, which is why I think it was front of mind for you. Um, I'd never seen it before. I'd seen some other Soderbergh stuff, but never this one. He's had quite a career. I was surprised that he's only written 10 films. He's only credited for 10. And this was one of them. This was his first, I think, and his first directed. directed his directing, uh, he, his uh, career in directing is tremendous. Yeah, he's prolific. Oh, yeah. And different kinds of movies. You don't see the same thing all the time. That's one interesting thing about him. When I was watching this movie, because usually when you watch a first director, like, you kind of look for like their moves, mm-hmm. like, like, their mm-hmm. tricks or whatever. But I, I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't know. I, don't, I was like, well, I don't even know what his, I don't even know what a Soderbergh movie is. I, it's just good. I couldn't right? tell you. Like Tarantino, you, you know, any most great directors, you see something, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, but, this, but Soderbergh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I looked at his list, his IMBD list of directors, directing uh, movies, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. The, the different kinds of... And if you watch any of them, you probably couldn't pick out, oh, that's a Soderbergh move. Yeah, I was trying to think of who he reminds me as a musician, and I couldn't think of a musician, mm-hmm. but he kind of reminds me of Rick Rubin, where, like, yeah, he produces LL Cool J and the Beastie Boys, and then he goes on to do Red Hot Chili Peppers, and right. then it's Paul McCartney, <laughs> and then it's Kanye. It's like... Ooh. So, so you don't really have a style, you just have a, like a, it's like a stamp of approval, mm-hmm. you know, like this mm-hmm. is going to be good. You're great at what you do, 
and you can do just about anything in, in that genre, any of these genres. I mean, his, I mean, he, he's incredible. And I think we see a little bit of that in this film. I mean, I think it's tremendous. It, it was, I remember when this first came out, it was like, because I think it was one of the first uh, uh, really big hits, independent hits early in the 90s or 80s, late in the 80s, you know, from uh, uh, maybe because it won something at Telluride or someplace like that, you know. It was just, everybody wanted to go see it. Anybody wanted to go see movies, yeah. When I heard of this movie as a kid, I thought it was more like nine and a half weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I, th I thought it was like, I was like, oh, it's like some weird sex thing that's actually not that sexy, but it had some weird sex scene that shocked adults at the time, so that's why it became popular. I read a little blurb that this movie, uh, it premiered in Berlin the night the wall fell. Oh. And a lot of the East Germans, Germans came over, and they went to the movie thinking it was porno. <laughs> they had never seen porno. And they're disappointed. Yeah, they were very disappointed. A lot, like, of, oh, a lot of talking. James Spader, <laughs> he's a weirdo. Oh, man. That's funny. That's funny that, yeah. uh, that this movie premiered to a bunch of disappointed East Germans. Yeah. yeah. Quite, the, uh, quite the accomplishment. Um, so, yeah, so... Also features a really great cast. We have uh, Annie McDowell. Um, she's the tricky one. Like, I, is she attractive? Is she not attractive? This wasn't quite her peak. Mm -mm, mm -mm. She was in a. She was in a. I forget what She was in this western. When I was so it hit me right when I was like fourteen. So mm -hmm. you can imagine um, my interest in this movie. It's like this all female western. I think it's called Bad Girls, and it's like <laughs> Annie McDowell. Um, Drew Barrymore, and they're all got like they they got the hats. Oh and yeah, the, yeah. And the I remember seeing uh, Drew Barrymore's picture with a hat on. Yeah, and so that was like that's like my peak, uh, Annie McDowell. Just coming off Groundhog's Day, you know, she was obviously she was fantastic in that. Um, a little bit before that, I saw her in Hudson Hawk, which I would say is a criminally underrated movie. Really? Yeah. I've never seen it because it was got such bad reviews. Okay, don't get me wrong; it's not fantastic, right, right. but it's not as bad as everyone says it is. Okay, so it's it's underrated, like you know, technically Give speaking. Give it to me to watch sometime. Well, I'm not sure what the genre is of <laughs> Bruce Willis, <laughs> Bruce Willis <laughs> movies. Yeah, so yeah, Madeline Stowe, Mary Stewart, Masterson, mm -hmm. Annie McDowell, uh, Drew Mer Barrymore. Yeah. You know, that's the, and they're all like, they got like shotguns on horses and stuff. So that, that's my peak, Annie McDowell. In this movie, she was attractive, but she was more like cute and restrained, I guess. And yeah, she was a little, very reserved. Right. She was, and, her, and her sister was supposed to be the sexy one. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. yeah, and she was also, I was like, I know her face, but I, I think I know her from TV. I didn't know her as a film actress. She hasn't done much. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, Laura San Giacomo, I think is how you pronounce it. Nailed it, Matt. You yeah. It. <laughs> She's known. She was uh, in Pretty Woman, Quigley Down Under, Just Shoot Me. I don't know what these movies are. Just Shoot really. Me is the TV show she was probably on for. Yeah. Maybe eight, oh, yeah, eight I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now that I remember. Yeah, Just Shoot Me. But yeah, she's, got, like, she's got those eyebrows. Yeah, so, yeah. And they yeah. Kind of, they, Very attractive. They got to. Got a kind of a gravelly little voice and southern. She oozes sexiness. Right. Right? She... She kind of seems like uh, slutty, I guess is the right word. I mean, <laughs> in, the in the movie, movie she yeah, is. Yeah, but yeah. Even like, anyway. yeah. And then, uh, of course, we, see, we get uh, young James Spader. We've got Peter Gallagher. Being Peter Gallagher. <laughs> okay, being Stormy Weathers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like... Okay, so I know Peter Gallagher from the OC, right? There's right. like a TV show where he plays like this, you know, pretty morally upright father. Right. And now whenever I see him in old movies, he's just like a scummy dirtbag in suspenders. That's Peter Gallagher. <laughs> I mean, he does it well. You yeah, know? yes, he does. Like, he, I'll, he has my favorite line in the entire movie, and I bet he improv it, and I'll get to that later. Okay. But it's perfect. Okay. Um, and, of course, the incomparable James Spader. Yeah. James Spader, good actor or just a weirdo? Both. Okay. <laughs> I think he's a weirdo in this. Because he plays the same character, right? I mean, different degrees yeah. of the same character. I, I, I know him most from... Boston Legal, which mm -hmm. is one of my favorite shows, and he was, yeah, he played a weirdo in that, but he was also 
pretty good. I mean, an actor. He had to because his his uh, courtroom scenes were always the highlight of the movie mm-hmm. of the show. Right. Each each week, you know, when he's up there trying to get somebody off, and he's he is a, plays the weirdo though. Well, this movie he's also trying to get somebody off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> himself. <laughs> right. Uh, but so I guess I was I, I first got introduced to him in. Um, I mean, he's like he was like in Sex Lies and Videotape. I'm, I'm not saying like, that's a movie. This movie. He was in um, Less Than Zero. Mm-hmm. You know, I yep. saw that like when I was a teenager because I read the book and I wanted to watch the movie. Yep. Uh, he always just struck me as like the dark version of Andrew McCarthy. Like I felt right. like they're like parallel. <laughs> like one is <laughs> one is light, one is dark, and he just kind of seemed like the evil version of that. Yeah, and he's much better than Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> Had a longer career. Yeah. You know, he didn't make Weekend at Bernie's, or Weekend at Bernie's too. But yeah, so um, we usually ask like, when were you in? When were you out? So I was in. Because the movie starts with like sort of this this long kind of ramp up a little bit. You know, it's like he's driving up, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and we see like Andy McDowell in therapy, and she's kind of like, you know, kind of. I, I kind of felt like I was reading like a middle ground New Yorker short story or something mm-hmm. when she's talking about like garbage and something like mm-hmm. okay this is maybe this is groundbreaking in the 80s but not really holding my attention but then then James and then we find out that story, uh, story uh, <laughs> Peter Gallagher yeah he's got his uh, buddy coming over and um, but I was only really in when James Spader shows up and he's sitting across from Annie McDowell and they're mm-hmm. just kind of talking about her marriage essentially Right, he's asking her right away about her marriage. I mean, she, she, she doesn't really want him there. She thinks he's she, he's just an, another asshole like her husband because they went to college together. And immediately, he just seems more interested in her than her husband ever was. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, yeah, he's just, he's straight up just asking, like, pretty personal questions. Like, like are you happy? <laughs> like, is you, what do you think about marriage? Do you like it? Which is probably a question she's never been asked before. And he ha- and he has to be good in, in this role of uh, about Spader because he he's very self assuring with these these women. The way he asks the questions, he's just very he's really good at it, <laughs> you know. And just just sitting across the table from him, he's the same way as is later on when, he, when we find out he does it on film. <laughs> but uh, he's just very just easy to talk to. Right, he has to like pull that smile where he's confident, but also seems a little bit unsure about what he's going to say next. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. he's a little bit like, uh, I guess, disarming. Yes. Not to you know lead into the next movie, yeah. but uh, <laughs> that that is sort of the, the role he plays with these women. Mm-hmm. How about you? When were you in? Uh, that's I think the same time. You know, the others is it could be like any other movie. The the lead up to that scene, where, you know, he's changing clothes in the, in this filthy. You know, bathroom, and you know, he just shows up at their house and just one bag. You know, he's got the ashtray in the car. Which <laughs> yeah, is such a <laughs> such a time capsule. Right. So they kept referencing his clothes, or at least um, Peter Gallagher keeps. I'm just going to use their act, their actor names because okay. I can't remember their one. So uh, Peter Gallagher keeps referencing his clothes, and was was that extremely weird for the time? He's wearing a black shirt and jeans. No, because he never wore anything about a suit and tie. I think because these guys were, you know, they went to school to become lawyers or whatever, you know, they're dressed like that. Yeah, he was trying to, he, he said it's something like art house. Like he was the funeral like director a, for the art house. Or something. Yeah, something, yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah, it pretty, but it didn't seem that weird. I don't know, maybe. It wasn't. Okay. I, yeah, at the time, like I said, yeah. at the time I was, whatever this was, nine or whatever, so <laughs> I wasn't sure how weird it was. Mm-mm. See, old friend coming to town. Uh, we find out that Peter Gallagher is cheating on Annie McDowell with her sister. Yeah, like the ultimate scumbag move. <laughs> that was pretty cool when he, you know they re- she revealed that it was her, she, she was Annie McDowell's sister. And, but you know they, they just had sex, and she says, "I want to I want to have sex at your house," and you know, and then it was, and I want to have sex in my sister's bed or something. You know, it's like. Yeah, what a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, they're all, they're, those two are terrible. They are really terrible. Yeah. Uh, so she's, you know, with the sister, um, Andy McDowell. So then, you know, they, we have this dinner with uh, Peter Gallagher and James Spader and Andy McDowell. And that's when we get the real dynamic between these two guys. They're mm-hmm. totally different people. Right. They haven't seen each other in nine years. They're com- 
he, James Spader's completely different than he was. I mean, he has gone all out to become completely different than he was when he knew Peter Gallagher. Peter Gallagher has Gallagher hasn't changed. Mm. He's just a scumbag and a whore dog. Yeah, he's like, come on, we used to be scumbags. Why, why, why aren't you a scumbag anymore? It's, it's, we had great times being scumbags. Right. And, you know, anytime an old friend comes in to town, it's always trouble, right? Every time. Always trouble. Don't trust your old friends. Uh, so, we've yeah, then they have this, this dinner, and Anna McDowell agrees that she's going to help them find a place. Mm-hmm. They find one very quickly. I guess that they, was uh, that was one place. I'll take it. <laughs> what 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 part of the country are they even in? I don't even know if they ever. It tell. seemed like around New York City. I think was it around New York City? I think so. I think there's some reference early because at one point Andy McDowell says, "Well, he kind of grew up around New York and Philadelphia," but I wasn't sure if that was where they still were mm. or if they are in California. Yeah, I, I, there's I, no I, reference. There's no. I guess yeah. it doesn't matter. I was just, you know, the real estate at that time in that area must have been super easy to, to get a place. Was yeah. it 400 a month? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Uh, so they found a new apartment. Anna McDowell is slowly becoming intrigued by him. Yep. You know, she's, you know, she's looking at her husband a little bit differently. Like, this guy's not very fun. Well, they have a lunch mm-hmm. after they get the apartment and then they talk some more. And that's, you know, she becomes very interested then, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he actually listens to her right. and asks her questions. Like, what's going on in your life? Right. <laughs> so let me see. You said um, you said that I should never take advice from someone that I haven't had sex with, right? Right. Basically. Right. And uh, we haven't had sex. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> So I, 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 I guess from your own advice, I, I shouldn't take your advice. I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's that great scene in the, at the dinner party where, you know, uh, Peter Gallagher's complaining about the salt. And he's like, I always tell her, you can put more on, but you can't take it off. And she's like sipping her wine. She's like, you do say that, don't you? <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, good writing. And so she eventually comes to his place and she's kind of catches him off guard because he doesn't have a phone so you just have to stop by you gotta do mm-hmm. the pop-in they do the pop-in it seems like James Bader doesn't like the pop-in no. but he put himself in a pop-in situation <laughs> so uh, she kind of finds out that he she sees all these videotapes with women's names on them mm-hmm. and she asks him like what is this and he just tells her yeah <laughs> can you imagine if you did that and some woman says, so what is this all about? And you told her right away? You know, one one thing that both of these movies we watched this week have in common is that all of the characters are completely dishonest until they hit a switch and then they're honest to a fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, turn it off! Right. <laughs> so uh, he tells her and she kind of freaks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she leaves. She's, you know, holding her tea. Also a little cool <laughs> moment where he's like, tea. Yeah. Um, and so she she goes home or whatever, but she calls her sister, and who she's not really close to. I don't know. Are they close or are they not close? It seems like they talk a lot, but they don't like each other. Right. Or they, they're in competition or something. Like she says, I don't want to be like my sister. Yeah. I, I, I don't like sex because my sister loves it. Right. She thinks thing. her sister is a slut, and mm. the sister thinks she's a prude. Right. Right. Well, she says she's loud. Yeah. She's the uh, what do you call it the. The, the loud one of the two. What well, I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she tells her sister, like, "Don't go near this guy." And of course, the sister. Course. She did this part I didn't quite get. <laughs> the sister's like, "Well, I'll sleep with him." Like, what? Like, it was so quick. But slutty. I guess, but I mean, hey, man. Like, I guess this was like when AIDS wasn't such a big deal mainstream-wise? Well, it sort of was, but nope, okay. we, we seem to forget about that. I guess. <laughs> or maybe it wasn't when he wrote it. I, I don't know, it just seemed like a very quick, mm-hmm. you know, her being suddenly interested, or maybe it's maybe she wanted it because her sister, she thought her sister wanted it, that yeah. kind of competition yeah. kind of thing. That's what I kind of thought, was she was horning in on her sister's action. But it, it was just so forward. Like, yeah. well, give me his address. I'll go over there and do them. It just, I don't know. It just felt kind of weird. But I, <laughs> and her sister tries to says, and, and Andy McDowell says, he doesn't really want to do you. Yeah. How do you know? 
But I guess she eventually gives it to him, right? It gives it to her or something. I mean, she finds the address somehow. She gets over there somehow. She shows up. Yeah, so she shows up. She gets filmed uh, talking about her sexual experiences, and I guess she satisfies herself. Right. In uh, front of him on camera. Yep. She tells Andy McDowell she gets jealous. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, she's still kind of conflicted, right? She's She wants to do what her sister was doing. She maybe wants to be with this guy, mm-hmm. but she's also thinks that all those thoughts are bad thoughts. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Um, she confronts her. <laughs> there's a scene where she gets up out of bed and she goes and sits in this chair at the foot of a bed. Whenever I watch these like home renovation shows mm-hmm. with my wife, yep, yep. you know, my wife is like, oh, we need a chair in our bedroom. And I'm like, why do we need a chair in our bedroom? And now after this scene, we will never have a chair in our bedroom. <laughs> when you wake up one day and, and your wife is staring at you, you go, Oh no! <laughs> exactly. Like that's like the prosecution chair. I don't want right, that. Right, right. Like you're laying in bed. It's like we need to talk. No, no, we don't. No, we never need to talk. Talk about what? So um, she kind of confronts him. He lies, but mm-hmm. kind of weasels out of it. He's, yeah. He's tells a couple of jokes, and she's like, "Oh, you're right. I'm being silly, or whatever." And up in bed. Have sex for the first time, or we don't really see that. We don't really know. I can't remember, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, she gets filmed. She goes over there. She finally gets filmed, right? Right. She and then we don't know exactly what happens. We just know she got filmed. Mm-hmm. She goes uh, goes back and tells her husband what happened. Husband confronts James Spader, punches, punches him, mm-hmm. watches the film with James Spader in the fetal position on the, on the front porch. <laughs> I'd hate to have been his neighbor. Right. There was so much noise coming in. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe the neighbors dug it. They're like, oh, yeah. they had the old, uh, the old pint glass against right, the right. ear. Like, what? What are they talking about? Yeah. Um, and I, we can talk about that scene in more detail. Mm-hmm. I guess later we can talk about it now. Yeah. But that's kind of like the whole movie is fairly slow. Right. And then it all comes crashing down in this final scene where we actually see. It kind of cuts between like what really like kind of like the f- the videotape and what really happened because we we're seeing two different views, right? Yeah, and so that kind of that cool juxtaposition of those those two views, and we find out that she she kind of turned the camera on him, right? She turned the tables on the interviewing. Mm-hmm. He didn't like it. And he squirmed and he, but he confesses to being a pathological liar. Mm-hmm. We find out that. I mean, he hints at maybe being abusive. Yeah, yeah. Right. He says, "I used to, I used to like express my emotions through my actions, mm-hmm. which is a very tells me. <laughs> it's like, wow, did you just like yada yada domestic <laughs> violence? But maybe he did. Uh-huh. And and then uh, you know he, I guess he still is pining for this girl. Like he says, Elizabeth. He says yeah. she instead of like you talking mm-hmm. to the person in front of him. And then they have like an intimate moment on the couch, but it's unclear what that was. Right. Right." It's just, yeah, we don't know if it's sex. We kind of think it is, but it's more of an intimate moment, which both of them really needed. Yeah, I got the feeling it wasn't sex. Yeah. I got the feeling it was maybe just they held each other, maybe they cried, or mm-hmm. they touched each other, they did, a, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was just a, just to show that you could have intimacy without sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then... Uh, <laughs> Peter Gallagher, he's, he's watching it, right? Right, the, the right. Wall. So we're seeing it as he's seeing it, and he storms out, and he, he tells <laughs> yeah, of James, he... James Spader, like, yeah, this girl Elizabeth you're pining over, like, I did her. Yeah, she, yeah. She's okay in bed, but at least she can keep a secret. That's all I can say about her. <laughs> it storms off. <laughs> One last childish thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he thinks, like, this is really going to get at him. And I guess it does, because he breaks everything, mm-hmm. all, his, all his equipment. Flash forward. We get uh, Peter Gallagher maybe getting fired. Yep. And the sisters sort of make amends. Right. And Allie, Allie Andy McDowell um, walks home, and I guess she's living with... Well, you could tell when she's... Andy McDowell, uh, her sister says, can I call you? She goes, do you have my work number? Right. So she didn't have a home phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, what I got. Right, right, right. I didn't think about that's that. That's what I got. She, yeah. Oh, she doesn't have a home phone. Yeah. She's working now, and that's the only way you can get a hold of her. Uh-huh. Unless you do the pop-in. Right. Which is not cool. No one wants to pop it. And so, yeah, then the movie ends, and they, like, the last line, I think it's going to rain. It is raining, and then that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't wild about the ending. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit... Same with the next movie. I wasn't wild about the ending. The next movie did this way more, um, but this movie just... It kind of didn't really leave much to imagination. I think the bow was a little too neat and tight at the end. I, I, I would have loved to have seen a different ending. Up until that point, it was, I thought it was great. But that you're right. The ending is sort of like, uh, okay. Well, if it ended at the bar, yeah. I would have been happier. That's, you're right. And maybe that was the original ending. You're, you're right. Maybe, maybe Soderbergh got some notes. Like, yeah, yeah. The audience is really going to want to know what happened to James Spader. Do they end up together? Do they or don't <laughs> they? Yeah, I, I, I think up until that point, it was, you know. But yeah, it could have been a, a, a yeah. And it's and the bar. It's just Andy McDowell walks away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. And that guy at the bar is still talking. <laughs> so, I forgot what Soderbergh looked like, so I was like, is that Soderbergh? Or is that, cause you know, I was yeah. thinking the same thing. I had to look it up. It, was, it isn't him. Yeah. Stephen Brill is his name. Okay. I don't know. He's Didn't go on to do much? Oh, no, he's had oh, a good career. He's still working. I mean, he's more of a director oh, man, and writer him. than he is. Yeah, I mean, he delivered his lines pretty well. You know, he was. Oh, uh, he was funny. He was an annoying guy at the bar. Yeah, uh, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he's. So is a he? Lot. I guess by default, he's our oh, it's that guy because he's the only other person in this movie, right? He wrote Mighty Ducks. Hey, <laughs> and Heavyweights, whatever that is. Little Nicky. Okay. Uh, directed Adam Sandler, hundred percent fresh. I don't oh. know what that is. Okay, this dude is fine. Yeah. This, this guy has a nice house, he's and a, he's... Uh, he's had a nice career. Yeah, he's he's living his best life. Yeah. Um, so we don't have an oh, it's that guy, right? Except maybe that guy. That, that guy. By default. He looked familiar, but I had no... I have never... don't remember ever seeing him. So you were watching this, like, I think he looks like the Mighty Ducks director. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, Matt, you have any lines that stood out to you? Uh, go ahead with yours first. Okay. I had... So there's this moment, and there's this, it's actually a pretty good scene where... Um, I keep wanting to call him Stormy Weathers. <laughs> Peter Gallagher <laughs> is coming over to, uh, he wants to have sex with um, Andy McDowell's sister. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't want to. And she's kind of breaking up with him. And he's like, you know, he says stuff like, well, I'm already here. You know, <laughs> like, can we just do it? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's like, and there's this great shot where he's like far away, then he's coming close. Mm-hmm. And he's like, then he goes and like sits in this chair and it kind of breaks. And I get the sense it wasn't supposed to. Right. And he says, is there, is there one chair in this place that works? <laughs> and the reason I like that is because, first of all, it lets you know everything you need to know about Anna McDowell's sister. Like right, she right. lives in a kind of apartment where all the chairs don't work. No. And then also, I like the idea of a chair working. <laughs> like, you I mean, you don't, I mean, you don't ever really think of like a chair like working, you know? So <laughs> next time you go to somebody's house and they say, "Have a seat." Does this chair work? Yeah, does this chair work? <laughs> does that one work? Which one works the best? <laughs> so I just, I just love that line. This, and I'm, I'm. It seemed like he just said it, you know, like yeah, kind yeah. of spur of the moment. <laughs> but uh, it was fantastic. How about you? Um, I, I like the uh, when. Uh, uh, James Spader was talking about how he likes his life the way it is now. And he says, it's just, no, it's just, I know you, I just think right now I have one key. No, it's just, I, you know, I just think right now I have one key, you know, everything I own is in the car and I just, I like that, you know, I mean, I just, if I get an apartment, that's two keys. If I get a job, you know, I'm, I might have to open or close, it's more keys, you know, buy some stuff, I'm afraid, I'm afraid it's going to get ripped off or something, I'm going to get more keys, and I just, I, you know, I just like having the one key. It's- uh, and then I like Peter Gow's like, trade the apartment for the car, one key. <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Andy McDowell says, you're not going to worry, you're not going to worry in losing them, I always lose my keys, I hate that. Yeah, so supportive. Right. <laughs> um, so there's a, I don't, there's a couple scenes really just one that I wanted to mention that we haven't mentioned already. I don't know if you have anything you want to touch on. No. But there's a scene where just after their dinner, or maybe it's just after their lunch that you mentioned, mm-hmm. James Spader is still crashing on the couch or the guest room or whatever it is. And she goes down and, like, watches him sleeping. In the middle of the night. And, yeah, it's that that scene builds so much suspense because you don't know, like, is he going to wake up? Is she going to make a move? What's going to happen? And it was so... The actual scene was pretty innocent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's not, because what the hell is she doing, right? If, if my wife was going to watch, you know, you sleeping on her couch, I'd be pretty suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> what you know? are you doing? <laughs> right. But, I mean, so just the act of it is kind of suspicious, but even, like, the build-up of it was very uh, suspenseful and 
really, you know, I was really like wondering, like, what the, anything could happen right here, mm-hmm. and nothing happens. Right. Except he just she just looks at him, uh-huh. and after she leaves, he wakes up though, doesn't he? I don't think so. Oh, I thought he opened his eyes. Oh, maybe he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think, yeah. You right now, there's a lot of possibilities going to happen, mm-hmm. and nothing happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see what's else. What's next, man? Um. I have a recast here, a recast try. Okay. If you want to. Okay. okay. So I, had, I I tried this twice. So the first one, I was trying to think, because Annie McDowell, you can jump in here if you want, but her character has to be kind of pretty, but like innocent. And she really has to carry the movie, right? If, right. You, don't, if you don't have to, because she, she has to like, she pretty much leads every scene. Yeah. So you got to have someone with like some really good chops. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking Julie Gardner, who I went young with this one. So this she's the the lead actress, not uh, of Ozark, like the okay, young yeah, girl yeah. with the Oh yeah, I know who she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think she could carry mm-hmm, a movie. Mm-hmm. Her husband, I don't know this guy's name. He just needs to be a stuffed shirt. Give him some swoopy doopy hair. <laughs> uh, Steve from Stranger Things. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know the yeah. actor's <laughs> name, but he he can look like a like a he can look like Peter Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Spader. Now, the, also, we need someone who's really got some chops who can be kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, yeah. 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 And then Annie McDowell's sisters, where it kind of fell apart. I couldn't, I was like, who was like a young, sexy, yeah. I was like, Selena Gomez, maybe, but she doesn't look like Julie Gardner. Mm-hmm. They have to look kind of like each other. Right. So that fell apart. So I was like, okay, scratch that one. Ba- you know, balled it up, doing the garbage. So then I went black. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Annie McDowell. I was like, okay, maybe Zendaya? I don't know if she's a good actress, though. She's good in Spider-Man, but I don't know if that makes, means that she's good. No idea. Journey Smollett? She's okay. Mm-hmm. So I landed on Tessa Thompson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good actress. She can carry it. She has that kind of innocence look about her, but also could flip it at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, her husband? Again, we just need a stuffed shirt. So I was like, okay, maybe John Boyega? Maybe Jonathan Majors. These guys are both fine. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I was like, Michael B. Jordan? I think he has too much personality. Right. Like, he would take over the movie. He's too good, so. Yeah, you need somebody that's going to let her have, be the centerpiece. Mm -hmm. The Andy McDowell character. So maybe we go for like a John Boyega or something. He's he's fine, but he's not going to steal any scenes. Uh, Andy McDowell's sister, Zoe Kravitz. Okay, yeah. She's very... Very sexy, mm-hmm. very competent as an actor, actress. And then the James Spader role, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, yeah, I remember. We got a guy. We got to go, like, but like mumbling, <laughs> right. sorry to bother you, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That kind of like, mm-hmm. where he just kind of like looks at you dead eyed and kind of mumbles through what he wants to say. That's the Lakeith I want. Okay. So that's my That's, that's my, good. My yeah. uh, Matt, do you have any lingering questions? Nope. Um, so. We're still unclear whether they actually were intimate or not. We think maybe they were intimate but not sexual. Could be. We're not, yeah. Well, that's what the beauty of it. You don't really know. They don't, Soderbergh doesn't lay it out. Mm-hmm. They, you know. Right. And also throughout this movie, there's like, there's a theme of therapy, right? I mean, it starts with therapy. She's seeing her therapist. Mm-hmm. And so this this idea it's that. It's all the, therapeutic. Right. The, the talking, the, the even the videos seem to be, I mean, uh, the sister was was on fire after her video and had to have sex right away. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of stuff. So, so at that time, home video equipment still is at a price point where not everyone has it. Right, right. it's clunky. It's you know that was a. I think that was a pretty nice videotape that he was using. Yeah, yeah. And where do we think his money came from? I think he just inherited it or something. I don't know. They, she asked him, where's your money come from? He says, underneath my mattress. Right, but she says, don't think it's going to run out? He said, it'll never run out. So, yeah. But he also says he's a liar. So, okay, <laughs> well, is he actually showing these videos? Is he selling these? Is he doing something? Yeah. I thought at the end, there was going to be some weird twist where, like, he was this Kirkland client that this guy kept blowing off somehow, or he was involved mm-hmm. some, somehow. But that, I mean, that would have been a little too cute. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, you want to guess the uh, ratings here? Um, seven five. Uh, fifty three thousand people checking in on IMDb, which is low. Mm-hmm. Seven point two. Oh, low. 
a little lower than I expected. Little, yeah, a little lower than I expected. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking more like seven five, seven six. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it would be like you know much beloved, but not hitting, not not approaching that. Eight. Right. A, a great first movie. Oh, for sure. Kind of thing. For sure. I mean, a movie that would get people talking. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to find the budget. So, wow, budget 1.2 million. That's pretty good for a guy who never made a movie. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, it's estimated, so who knows yeah. what that means. And worldwide gross, uh, 24.7 million. Good for him. So, Jackpot. <laughs> Soderbergh, you're getting another film, kid. Uh, okay, I am, or Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think? I'm going to go critics, 92 for critics. 96. Okay. In the 90s. Yeah. Good. Yeah, oh, there's really high. 96 is really good. Mm-hmm. And then the audience, 25,000 people checking in. I'm going to go 85. 79. Whoa. A C plus. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like what the criticism would be from the audience. I mean, it's a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I never got bored, though. I never got bored either. I mean, it's not a long movie. No, no. The conversations are interesting enough to, mm-hmm. to kind of keep you... You going? Um, this is a this is a review from 2018. I was disappointed. I think it's been overhyped. I can't understand why people rave about it the way they do. If you saw it in 1989, it might be different. 2014. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, this is an Australian critic. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm saying if, if someone watched it, you know, you know, was overhyped and they watched it for the first time, they might say, "What's the big deal?" Yeah. But I don't know. I thought it was. Also, he was doing this weird voiceover thing where the voices would carry over into the next scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you always, you kind of weren't sure if someone Oops. in that was that new scene was saying it because they kind of matched a little bit. So that was. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a little tr- neat little trick. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of get my interest. Um, all right, Matt, you ready for the critics' consensus? Yep. All right. Uh, oh, it's a long one. <clears throat> in his featured directorial debut, Steven Soderbergh demonstrates a mastery of his craft well beyond his years pulling together an outstanding cast and an intelligent script for a nuanced, mature film about neurosis and human sexuality. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. They nailed it. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt, you want to take a break, and we'll come back and talk about Closer? Yes. With our second uh, relationships, our <laughs> tough movies. Uh, this is 2004's Closer, uh, based on a play by Patrick Marwer. So I first came across this, I first came across the book when I was living in Korea. And they mm-hmm. just, there's not many things to read at the bookstore that are in English at that time. And so I was like, okay, I'll check it out. Read the play. I was like, okay, it's pretty good. I yeah. liked it. Mm-hmm. And then later I realized there was a movie made out of it. So, of course, I wanted to watch it just when I saw who was in it. Uh, the cast is... Pretty good for the time. Really good. I mean, Jude Law, <laughs> Natalie Portman, Julie Robinson, Clive Owen. Clive Owen, yes. Pretty yeah. much both these movies have just four characters. Yep. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four characters just talking in rooms. Yep. <laughs> uh, the, the, the first one, it takes place over like what I would guess would be like a week, essentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit less. This movie is spanning years. years feels felt yeah years. and they don't do that helpful thing where they put up like a placard in between scenes like four months later you just gotta kind of figure it out through the dialogue yeah mm-hmm. which I enjoyed it wasn't oh I don't mind yeah. I didn't mind it's just you know it's just one other thing okay now we're okay six months seems like about six months uh-huh yeah yeah, well, somewhere like a few months, somewhere like a year, mm-hmm. and, you know, we just had to kind of figure it out. Right. But, uh, yeah, so this is, um, I mean, <laughs> when I was watching this, it kind of felt like almost like a romantic comedy put into reality. You know, like, what would happen right. if these people met? You know, sometimes like you have a romantic comedy where people meet, even though one of them's already involved. It's like, but what, but whatever happened to that other relationship? How did that end? Well, anyway, the way I look at it is nobody's ever had a romantic comedy romance right you know it's, it's only in the movies mm-hmm. this is more like real life 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically yeah. about people who confuse love with possession, and they confuse brutal honesty with kindness. Right. <laughs> um, so despite the great cast, I thought this movie could have been a little bit better than it was, and I wasn't quite sure. I thought it was good uh-huh. upon a second viewing, but I was like, oh, what's missing? I couldn't quite put my finger on what made this not a great movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a premise? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I really, really liked it. Really? Yeah, I, I liked One thing, I, I sat down and watched this in one sitting, which I very rarely do wow. these days because I, I have problems with concentration. But, yeah, I sat down and watched this whole thing yesterday afternoon. Um, and it was, or no, it was the day before. But it was, I, I just really liked it. What you like about it? I don't know. I kind of liked the conversations. Um, I kind of know what you mean, though, about not being great because there's something missing. And to be honest with you, I think it's Jew Law. <laughs> Shots fired at Jew Law. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's Julia Roberts. I don't know. Because I, I thought the, the Natalie Portman and Clive Owen blew them out of the water as far as I'm concerned. Um, Natalie Portman solid throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Clive Owen came on at the end, like a, like a racehorse from the back. Right. He was <laughs> like cyclonic finish. He just came out of there and just was the last half hour with Clive Owen was just unbelievable. The first couple scenes when we see him, I'm like, hmm, he's definitely the weak link here. Yeah. But then by the end, I'm like, no, no he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> oh no. It's interesting you thought that Jules was the weak point. Why? So. Who would you like? Were you thinking like who would been better in that role? No, I you know I never did. I just thought that maybe he didn't. I don't know. He, I, I I don't. I can't. I can't. You know. So, so I can't is put it, it in words. So is it the actor or is it the character? Maybe it's the character. Okay. Yeah. I I, I found him hard. hard I, I I found him really hard to believe mm. as a, as the character. He's a he writes obituaries. Which is, is a job. And he's charming. And he's charming. <laughs> yeah. That's what I probably couldn't believe. See, I thought, so you, whenever you have a movie based on a play, yeah. I'm always like, hey, who's the playwright's avatar in this film? Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was Jude Law. Right. You oh, know? wow. That, I mean, that's which is what I guess. I don't yeah, know anything yeah. about the playwright, but I'm guessing that's who he pictures himself as. Yeah, we have sh- oh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I could be wrong. Huh. So uh, when were you in? I was actually in when Clive Owen showed up, even though he wasn't cranked up yet. Uh-huh. I just, he, he just brought this, like, um, intense, and he wasn't even intense yet, but, mm-hmm. you know, he just, um, up until that point, it was just, to me, it's just, okay. I mean, it was good, but when he showed up, I went, oh, and then he got better and better, mm-hmm. and his character got, you know, bigger, you know. I was in, I mean, just right from the beginning, like, mm-hmm. I thought, you know Jude Law and Natalie Portman. Their chemistry, pretty charming. Yes. You know, the, I mean, throughout the whole movie, the dialogue is very snappy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's harsh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brutal. Yeah, but it's always um, interesting mm-hmm. and maybe over the top at, at times. But right. I think it's, it, I think it's only over the top because it's kind of fleshing out the things people don't ever say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I thought, that, but even just from the beginning, kind of romantic banter, I thought, okay, this is, these two have chemistry. This is pretty They good. did. They had a lot of chemistry. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the opening was when Natalie Portman and Jude Law are walking in a busy street in London, I guess. Yep. Uh, they're not with each other. They're just kind of walking towards each other. Even on the other side of the street, she gets hit by a car because she, she somehow sees him and keeps walking. Well, I just get I got the I got the sense that she just doesn't really pay too much attention to what's around her. Yeah. I think that's what she really is. She's a bit of a bounder. Right. But yeah, she gets hit by a car and um, now we're off and away, right? Mm-hmm. They're off to the hospital. Um, and so <laughs> the the plot of this is pretty convoluted. I was trying to like read the Wikipedia after I watched the movie. Actually before I watched the movie because I kind of remembered it. I was like, ah, oh, this sounds really complicated. I think if you and I tried to explain the plot it's gonna not make sense, but I never felt lost watching the movie. Right. It's confusing, but not to the point where I mean, it's not confusing. It, it's confusing to retell it. Retell it, yeah. I mean, Gloria asked me, "What's what's it about?" And I go, "I I can't tell you, Gloria. It's just four people talking, 
sometimes they're not nice, and it just you know it's interesting. But uh, and she might like it. She might. Yeah. But yeah. I I just can't describe. Yeah. What's it about? Uh, heavy sigh. Yeah. Um, it's about uh, people. It's about um, really unkind people living their life. Right. So are we? So we're not supposed to really like any of these people, right? I mean, maybe Natalie Portman. Maybe Natalie Portman. But she's lying from the beginning, yeah. right? She's not even she's using just, her real name. No, she's... I don't think so. I don't think any of these people are worth liking. Mm-hmm. You know, even Julia Roberts, who always plays the somebody you like. Well, that was the thing. That was, that was the great thing about her performance. She's mm-hmm. so playing, like, off-type. Right, right. And Jude Law is usually, like, a pretty charming kind of guy. And this yeah. one, he's charming but also a scumbag yeah he's a dick you know yeah it, it, it's funny because when you when you first see him with natalie portman you think oh man this is true love or whatever and then you know the in the next scene or something is a year later or something mm-hmm. there, and he's hitting on uh <laughs> you know uh julia roberts right and you're going what <laughs> right, as his girlfriend is coming to pick him up, you right, know. Right, so, oh, yeah, 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 true dirtbag. Yeah, and then as after mentioning Jordan, she's into it. I, yeah, and the thing about it, I was watching these people, they're so confident. Like in that scene, Jude Law is so confident that he can seduce her, mm-hmm. seduce Julia Roberts. Yeah, and Julia Roberts just goes, okay, whatever. You know, I've never had that much confidence in anything. You know. That's what's that's the thin line between you and Julia Roberts, yeah, man. I think it's so. that, it's that lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it makes sense to go through the movie. I just picked out a couple of scenes that okay. I liked. Yeah, why don't um, we do that? It's... All right. So one of the first scenes again. I'm I'm kind of like, you know, all these scenes are. I think every scene is two people talking. I don't know that there's ever more than three. Is there ever three people in a scene? I don't think there is. I think it's always two. I think it's always two. So what we just mentioned. Um, I'm just going to use their actors' names because mm-hmm. I don't remember their real names, but Julia Roberts and Natalie Portman meet for the first time mm-hmm. when Natalie Portman had just overheard, you know, that she had kissed her dude mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. they were flirting. And then she's like, you know, they're kind of going, and the scene is very light at first. And then, yeah, no, Portman, you, you take my picture and you can't stay, you know, get out of here, July. Uh-huh. I'm going to take her picture. Yeah, we're working. We don't want you here. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of like jokey, jokey. And like they could be friends or something, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know. And then she and she says something like, uh, "Julia Roberts, like you have a great face." And I was like, "Doesn't everybody?" This <laughs> <laughs> <That's> is <just> true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then then she kind of flips it and she's like, well, I, "I overheard it," and she's crying and she takes mm-hmm. her picture. But I thought that whole scene was like really great chemistry between mm-hmm. the two. Yeah, as far as having done more stuff together, that was a good scene. Um, another one much later on. This is Clive Owen and Natalie Portman in the quote unquote champagne room. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When she's, the, when she's a stripper. She's yeah. a stripper. And that was probably my favorite scene of the whole mm-hmm. movie. Not because Natalie Portman is yeah. wearing, um, you know, whatever stripper nothing. was. Practically nothing. <laughs> of course it helped. But just the way that, again, talk about confidence. Just yeah, the way that. She's so sexy, too. The way that she just owned everything. She had a, you know, snappy comeback for everything right, he said. Right. She, she just, she knew that she was in control of that entire situation. And then him going through this full range of emotions from, right. like, he starts off like a like he says he's a caveman, basically like you know, right. sitting looking right. at looking at her like cavemen watch campfires or something, you yeah. know, just like he just staring at her with like this <laughs> like just, you know, um, mindless <laughs> lust and then you know, he gets angry, he mm-hmm. starts like bargaining, you know, like he's going through all these like stages of emotions and she's just cool the entire time. If I asked you to strip right now, would you? Of course. You want me to? No. Alice. Tell me something true. Lying's the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off. But it's better if you do. You're cold. You're all cold at heart. What do you have to do to get a bit of intimacy around here? Maybe next time I'll have worked on my intimacy. No, I'll tell you what's going to work is that you're going to take your gear off right now. And you're going to turn around very slowly. And you're gonna bend over and you're gonna touch the fucking floor for my viewing pleasure. Is that what you want? What else could I want? 
Uh, I, yeah, actually, that scene ha- had one of my favorite lines. Mm-hmm. It was when he says, "Why?" When she says, "Why is the sex so important?" And he says, "Because I'm a fucking caveman." Yeah. No. Th- no. That's when him and Julie Roberts are breaking up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. she keeps pre- he keeps pressing her like, yeah. "What? What? What? You know? Yo, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do?" And like, so she's like telling okay, him again. Yeah, you're right. I got the. You know, very, you know, alarming to hear <laughs> Julia Roberts stop like that. But yeah, it was good. Um, another good scene near the end when Jude Law comes to Clive Owen's office and we find out that Julia Roberts had gone back to Clive Owen. Mm-hmm. Again, they, they keep switching partners right, like, right. A, like friends, like yeah. the TV show Friends. Like they always switch people. It's like, nah, nah. anyway, so, uh, you know, Jude Law's like, you know, he's basically saying like, give her back. Right? Cause right. There's, right. there's like this idea that like, if you just give her back, I can have her, man. Like, you know, and then, you know, Clive Owen's just like, nope, sorry, she's mine now. It's just, <laughs> just it's like, yeah, just treating people like property again, right. and uh, yeah, that that whole dynamic where Clive Owen again is super angry but also petty. Yes, and at the end, like Julia thanks him for being kind. It's just it's so everything I said doesn't make sense unless you watch the scene. Exactly, right. You can't describe that to somebody and have it make sense. Mm-hmm. You have to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to see the scene. Yeah, but very well written, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I thought it was. Very well done. I'm, I'm glad you liked it so much. I, I really, sure. really liked it. I, I liked it a lot more than I thought it would. I, I just, I'm gonna give it a few weeks and watch it again. I think. Um, I just, it just held my interest the whole time. And the, I didn't mean to rag on Jude Law. Maybe, you know, but I just love Natalie Portman and, and her character, and, um, and what's his name, Clive Owen, just. To me, they just lit up the screen when they were in every scene they were in. So, I think for me, it's probably starting with that scene that you just referred to, which he mentions he's a caveman. He comes home, and he's like, he's like, "Oh, stay right where you are. I want to remember this yeah. moment when I my first business trip coming home with my wife." And then he goes and takes a shower. And he goes back. He's like, "Uh, I had sex with a prostitute." <laughs> He's like, I just want to be honest. <laughs> so, right. But I think the theme of this movie is just like, keep your mouth shut, bro. Like, <laughs> You'd be better off. And, I mean, how much of a sex maniac are you if you're away for, what, two nights, three days, right. and you, you have to have sex with a prostitute? Well, you're a scumbag. Um, I guess, I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier this movie made me feel very lonely mm-hmm. at the end. Because these people actually talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, they talk kind of intimately. Is it a good thing, though? I think sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I just felt like, oh, I just, I felt really sad at the end of this movie. About the characters in the movie? About, like, your, yourself? Just, just myself, just, I guess. Hmm. Or just, you know, because movies do, you know, my whole life, they've, they've affected me in different ways. Mm-hmm. I cry a lot at movies mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Um, but that one, I, I actually walked around for about 20 minutes just kind of feeling, it really affected me. I, mm. I felt that not all movies affect me, but that one did. And, it, and, and I'm not sure it's through affecting me. I still think about it. I still mm. think about what was going on. So I'm going to watch it again in a few weeks and see what happens. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, again, I'm, I'm glad it has such an impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, we always mention when you're in and when you're out. I was out at one point. Really? The there's a scene where they're sexting like using a like a chat room. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And just the internet speak like, are you yeah. the letters R and U for are you like that stuff like that B letter B for it's just ah uh, maybe it drove me crazy. That was the least interesting scene in the whole movie. You're it, right. It seemed like it seemed dated too. Well, even for, even for two thousand four, it seemed yeah. like the way that someone who never chats on the internet thinks people chat on the internet. Right. It, it just, it just it took me out of it for right. a few minutes. It was, it was a short scene, but yep. it's just like, oh my God, this is driving me crazy. Um, let's see, anything else that I want to, that you want to mention about I this? I had a, a line, I okay. think. Oh yeah, I just got a couple too. Yeah. Um, where is it? Oh, when Natalie Portman says, try lying for a change. It's the currency of the world. No, that's what oh, it's, Jude Law says to Julia Roberts. Oh, that's right. I get all my... Because I had the same said, line yeah, when they're yeah, in, the, yeah, in the opera yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention that. There's this moment where Jude Law... Or not Jude Law. Julia Roberts go, agrees to sleep with Clive Owen one last time mm-hmm. to sign their divorce papers. Well, yeah, with another. Well, Everybody. Okay. Yeah, like everyone does. And, you know, Jude Law kind of mm-hmm. figures it out. And that, that's his... 
his comment. Yeah. Which is funny because, you know, a year later he's with Natalie Portman and he wants her not to lie. And that's his undoing. So, I mean, Dulaw is a character who, like, he's completely weak yeah. the entire movie. And it ends with him slapping Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. which is obviously a terrible thing, but it's probably the strongest thing he's ever done because that's right. probably what he's been wanting to do the entire time. Right. You know, yeah. which is a, which it's kind of a twisted thing to say, but he finally is doing what he wants. Right. He's been kind of a, a yeah, milk toast up until then, a lying, kind of conniving, charming. You know, but yeah, very weak, very, very weak human being. They all are in their own way, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's what makes a movie is that you can see their weaknesses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a movie about four terrible people. It's kind of like Seinfeld, right? Right. It's like like, like a more realistic version (laughs) of of that. A couple other lines. Okay. Um, So this is when they're in the museum for the exhibit. Clive Owen meets Natalie Portman for the first time. And he says, is, is he here? Your bloke? And Natalie Portman says, he's over there talking to your bird. <laughs> I just love the way she delivers the word right, bird. bird. Like, like I'm, I'm from America. We don't call them birds. Really. And then uh, finally when we already referenced the scene where Julie Roberts and Clive Owen are kind of breaking up, mm-hmm. having a huge fight. He's asking all this sexual stuff. And he, he's like, what does his semen taste like? Yeah. And she says, it tastes like you, but sweeter. <laughs> Did you come? Why are you doing this? Because I want to know. Yes, I came. How many times? Twice. How? First he went down on me, and then we fucked. Who was where? I was on top, and then he fucked me from behind. And that's when you came the second time? God. Why is the sex so important? Because I'm a fucking caveman! Did you touch yourself while he fucked you? Yes. You wank for him? Sometimes. And he does? We do everything that people who have sex do. You enjoy sucking him off? Yes. You like his cock? I love you it. You like him coming in your face? Yes. What does it taste like? It tastes like you, but sweeter. That's the spirit. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Now fuck off and die. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it's the only thing, maybe, because I'm a kind of person who doesn't want to know a lot of information. Keep it I don't cool. keep <laughs> it, you know. Don't tell me what you did. <laughs> Let's not rock the boat here. I don't want to, you know. I, I don't. I don't want to know details, you know. And they're asking for details. They want to know everything. Well, there's that. There's kind of this running theme that if you tell me everything, that's like the the true sign of intimacy. Mm-hmm. But it, but the people who want the honesty can never handle it. No, no. Yeah, it sends them off in a rage. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, man, I have a recast. Okay. It's completely Korean. Never done this before. You ready? Okay. All right, so... I'll just nod my head. You know a lot of these people. Okay, okay. So Jude Law, Mm kind of charming, also kind of weak, a little bit of a smaller stature, Stephen Yun. Oh, yeah. I just watched Minari a couple nights ago, so he's fresh in my mind. Clive. Mm -hmm. So this guy... We've seen him in a couple things. He was in Intimate Strangers. He was the main father okay. whose house everyone was coming to. He's also the father in Parasite. Okay, the, yeah, the, yeah. Not, not, not the guy you like, but the father of the rich family. Yeah, the rich family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lee uh, Sung-yoon. Okay. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah. He's in Korea. He's known as The Voice because his voice is so deep. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think he could bring that Clive, Clive own presence. That, very powerful. Yeah. For Natalie Portman, I went with a pop star. Um, she was in this, again, you, I'm, I'm guessing you have not watched this show on Netflix called My Mister. It's nope. a Korean show. but So she's an actress. She's pretty good. But she's got that kind of like that Natalie Portman vibe. So there's a lot of dudes in my generation who think Natalie Portman is like the most beautiful creature to ever walk the mm-hmm, earth. Mm-hmm. She's, I, I don't know what it is, but some people are like, oh, they like drool over her. So this is a pop star named IU. She's mm-hmm. got that kind of like energy where she could be cute, she can be dark. Mm-hmm. And then Julia Roberts, I, I don't know older Korean actresses very well, but there's a pop star. She's There's not a good equivalent in America. She's maybe like the Korean Jennifer Lopez, where mm-hmm. she got famous with music, then she was doing, she's like a you know TV personality, movies, and her name is Lee Hyori. Okay. I think she would, and it would also be equally shocking as it was with Julia Roberts to see her deliver these like kind of sexual lines right. and stuff. So that's my Korean recast for that's fans good, of the I'd... Korean cinema. Anything Stephen Younger than I'm gonna watch. <laughs> uh, Matt, I have a couple of lingering questions. Okay. So speaking of the aforementioned chat room, why are Brits using inches to describe how well hung they are? Wouldn't they be using centimeters? 
That's there was a couple. Uh, I don't know who the playwright was. If he's English or, or Patrick Marbury, he's British. Okay, yeah, I didn't understand. And there was another reference called the Sultan of Twat. Yeah, that's a baseball reference. That's what. That's what the uh, Babe Ruth's nickname was: the he's, Sultan of Swat. Yeah. yeah. So it was. It was a joke, right? Right. But how would they know what two, two British guys? Good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, so maybe. Maybe he grew up in America? I'm not sure. Maybe maybe he's not British. I thought he was. Yeah. Uh, another question, just generally. What percentage of people who watch this movie were just dudes wanting to see Natalie Portman in a thong? Probably a big... <laughs> I mean, 17%? I, I, I'm sure they only saw 13% of the movie when they kind of fast-forwarded it, because the rest of the movie probably wouldn't entertain them. Yeah, I'm sure that clip is somewhere on Pornhub or yeah, something right. like that. All right, Matt, um... Oh, the box office for this movie was a little bit surprising to me. It did better than I expected. Really? I, I thought it would be one of those movies that just nobody... I'd never even heard of it. Budget, $27 million. Whoa. I'm guessing <laughs> $20 million to Julia Roberts. Right. <laughs> and we'll divvy up the rest of um, But the worldwide gross, $115 million. Good Lord. Yeah, in 2004. Well, I, we haven't even mentioned the director, Mike Nichols. He did The Graduate. Oh, really? He did Catch-22, Carnal Knowledge. How old is this guy? He's dead now. <laughs> he was, Don't uh, get older yeah, than that? Yeah, he was born in what, 1931 in Germany. So he was 73 when he was directing this. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, he's had a hell of a career. That's impressive. I mean, I wonder if he's one of these directors who's just like, eh, I trust my cast. <laughs> turn, the, turn the camera on. Let him go. Um, this was his next to last movie. Okay. His last movie was Charlie Wilson's War, which is really, really good. I don't know if you've ever seen God, it. this guy makes bangers. Yeah, yeah. He did uh, six episodes of Angels in America. I don't know if you know what that is. It's a crazy uh, miniseries. Hmm. It was good. Um, but yeah, Primary Colors, The Birdcage. Yeah. I don't know. He's done a lot. So Mike Nichols. We didn't even mention him. Maybe, he's the, but maybe he's the kind of guy that could hold that all together. Yeah, you know, because he because he does a lot of stage work. Mm-hmm. So when you do when you have a cast of only four people, and none of them are ever on, the four of them are never mm-hmm. in the same scene. You know? This this would have been a perfect movie to film during the COVID era. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. Just have a couple of people in a room. Uh, wow, that's that's really interesting. That mm-hmm. I I didn't know that he did all that because I when I watch this movie I never think about the direction, mm-hmm. but that also is maybe the sign of a good director, right. right? It's like you don't want you don't a good game is we don't notice the refs, right? Maybe it's the same kind of thing. But I mean, they had some interesting choices for uh, you know scenes where you know the opera house things like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe that was his working, but yeah, maybe it was just say, hey, you guys are all pretty good actors, just pretty good <laughs> script. Go ahead. I'll just sit over here. <laughs> don't screw it up. Yeah. By the way, I'm 73. <laughs> um, all right, so what do you think about the IMDb rating? This is 209,000 people checking in. So this is like... This is incredible. I have never heard of this movie, it's and it's like... done so well. Um, I'm going to go 7.5. Only 7.2. Same as the last again? movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, again, I, I think 7.5, maybe 7.6 is right where it should be. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with you. But, yeah, just, you know, I, we'll, we'll see what... Uh, that Rotten Tomato critics think, ooh, wow. Uh, the critics, yeah. I'll say 90? No, no, man, 68. That's that's shocking. Yeah, 212 reviews. Wow, they crapped on this one. Let me see if I can pull up a... Holy uh, crap, that's terrible. A quick negative review here. Okay, this is from Variety. Like dramas by Pinter and others, what seems trenchant and perfectly pitched in the theater can come off as... Arch, even when skillfully transferred. I don't even understand the review. Um, I'm trying to find one that I can actually understand. <laughs> uh, let's see. Thanks to Marber's whiplash dialogue, the cast suffer with an eloquence that's uncommon in the movies, but that's about as far as it goes. Mm. Ebert um, gave it four stars. Well, that's why we like Ebert. <laughs> I love his... Mike Nichols' Closer is a movie about four people who ritually deserve one another. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And what do you think about the audience score? Over 100,000 people checking in. I'm going to go 80. 81, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's, that's terrible. It's very low. It's, yeah, that's yeah. weird. So this is the critics' consensus. 
Uh, Closer's talented cast and Mike Nichols' typically assured direction helped smooth a bumpy journey from stage to screen. Wow. Usually, I didn't see any of that at all. Uh, usually critics' consensus doesn't take shots. No, no. Know, the no bumpy, bumpy journey. Yeah. No, no. Nothing good is ever described as bumpy. Yeah. Wow. Well, we disagree, I guess, yeah. with, uh, with the critics. Mm-hmm. So our for next week, we're, our theme is what, like accidental espionage? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've got a comedy uh, called The In-Laws with Peter Falk and Alan Arkin. And I'm going to have you watch a movie that I have not seen since I was probably seven. But look, you, you, okay, you're you pigeon me holding, pigeon holding me in here, Matt. It's a <laughs> movie called Gotcha, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards. It's a comedy. Okay. And it's accidental espionage. All right, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so you want to get out of here? Yep. Peace. Bye. He's a Philistine. What's a Philistine? It's a guy who doesn't care about books or interesting films and things. Then I'm a Philistine. No, you're interested in books and things. No, I'm a Philistine. You've been shitting in my yard. I have not.